0: You are listening to special pandemic coverage of the coronavirus on the John DePietro Show. All right, and good afternoon, everyone. Once again, right now, the time is 106, 106 in the afternoon, and it's John DePietro. This portion of the program is brought to you by K's. Folks, remember, call, stop, and you can get delivery at K's. Um, delicious food. Go to their Facebook page and... It's K's, folks. Check them out. Um, Kay's, you're going to love it. Again, the delicious sandwiches and soup and everything continues. Let's take a call from uh, my friend. Is this my friend, Leah? Yes.
1: Good afternoon,
0: John. Ciao. Buongiorno.
1: Buongiorno. <laughs> uh. What going to be saying
0: those words to the Italians for quite a while, I, what I can gather. I don't think so. Leah, you are uh, an expert friend. My friend Leah, who is a nurse, uh, she's been calling me since, well, you, you, I don't know if you still practice, but former nurse. No, I
1: don't. Okay. No,
0: no. I didn't know. I didn't know if uh, you were going to. Well, I remember
1: some of the basics, let's face it. Okay. Nobody can jump in your head and can't take the education away. That's
0: I right. I didn't what know I with, with uh, Leah, with Governor Amundo asking former workers to come back, I didn't know if you were going to be jumping back into the workforce.
1: Oh, my God. I can't even <laughs> jump anymore. Oh, all right. Jumping At
0: my age. Oh, forget about it. No. Le- Leo, um, I'd like to hear. G- give me some thoughts on number one. You're obviously an expert in Italy. But more importantly, what are you noticing as someone that you've had your career your entire life in the medical profession? What are some things about this virus or myths that you're hearing or just some things that you notice that you don't feel that is, is correct with some of the misinformation that's out there?
1: Well, I mean, the first thing was the masks. I mean, I immediately thought, what the hell are they talking about? You know, because you use masks all the time in the hospital when someone has an infection. And I, I think I went through this with you the last time, like, you know, with reverse isolation. And not just that, but so you can protect yourself and the patient is protected. Right. So it works both ways. Yes. I mean, they say, you know, it's debatable about this because it's so virulent and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But... I, every day, when I see the stats and whatnot, and especially when you see the uh, statistics that uh, two years ago in the United States, sixty one thousand people died of the flu, because I know I talk to a lot of people, and, and you'd be surprised the number of people that don't get a flu
2: shot,
0: which is ridiculous. And but it's Leah, don't crazy. you? But Leah, don't you agree with me that as much as people throw out that statistic about the number of people that die? each year from the flu. I believe that this year, see, no one was doing anything about it, uh, 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 Leah. Excuse me. You you had people that would still go to the hospitals. They'd go into the nursing homes. They would go to work when they were sick. They would be around. They'd spread the germ. If you had the hand-washing the social distancing, all those things, you wouldn't have had all those deaths each year from the flu.
1: Exactly. And listen, people in nursing homes didn't give it to one another. They can't even, most of them don't even get out of bed. That's right. Okay, so it's people at work that have brought it in. Yes. And and perhaps even the visitors. And if, if it were mandatory that a visitor had to wear a mask, and wash their hands before and after leaving the room, things probably would have been a lot better. Yes. That's just that's just isolation. That's just those are rules in a hospital anyway. Even as far back as when I was a nurse, you know, you were always washing your hands and in those days they had the paper towels that your hands were like it was like putting the sandpaper on on your hands at sure. the end of the night. But, Leah, yeah, this I is,
0: I think, number one, you'll see, and this is with, a you know, you can get a flu shot, which I get every year and I think you get. But what people not- is, I think you're going to see that number uh, drop down. But, Leah, now you're a nurse. As much as people talk about the flu, if you, th- this virus, it, it, the way they describe it, Leah, it just sounds so contagious that if yeah. I'm next to you uh, in a store and, and you have it, and I touch, you know, the same thing that you touched or you cough and i there. I mean, you tell me, I, I don't, I could be wrong. I don't well, think it's, the it's flu is the that droplets, contagious.
1: From what I understand, the droplets, so they would have to cough or speak to you yes. or something and the droplets would have to stay in the air. Eventually they fall to the ground. But uh, it's supposed to be 10 times more contagious than the regular flu, right. which obviously it is, yes. okay? But I mean, This is the greatest country in the world. I mean, when you think of the institutions we have MIT, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Everybody knows what they are. Some of the smartest doctors in the world. Uh and that's why I don't I don't have um I'm not upset that President Trump is not gonna be part of the World Health Organization, which is another bureaucratic system where everybody retires to Switzerland in their villas. Are you kidding me? That that's the bottom line. I'm not saying there are not some dedicated people in there, but the people that run it are all about the money. Let's, let's
0: get real here. Hey, Leah, I want to I wanna just touch on something, though. and This is really important, folks, and this is just coming down today, and I don't mean to catch you off guard. But for anyone that has been following, if you heard last hour where Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe and he had an extensive interview with Matty Yellow, the speaker and Ruggiero and Governor Mondo, Leah, let's face it. I mean, Twin Rivers has been keeping Rhode Island afloat. Uh, The lifespan is the the largest employer. The state has so many employees. Uh, Plus tourism. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said he favors allowing states struggling with high public employee pension costs amid the burdens of the pandemic response to declare bankruptcy rather than give them a federal bailout. Now, Leah, the reason that's significant is in the Boston Globe, Rhode Island section, we just talked to Dan McGowan last hour. Basically, Mattiello and Senate President Ruggiero were both saying that that they were relying on the federal government to bail them out and here you have McConnell saying we're not going to bail you out instead we're going to encourage you to declare bankruptcy Leah this is beyond a game changer because I don't see any way I mean I don't know if we needed to hear that but Leah Rhode Island could be one of the first states to declare bankruptcy
1: oh my god Yeah. What did they say about the casinos? They want
0: them to go back to work? Did I hear that? No, they they, they realize that. Now, apparently, Governor Mundo said we lose $1 million a day that Twin River is shut. And the problem with the casinos is... Uh, you can't have the slot machines where the people are shoulder to shoulder, plus oh all the God. germs. Or, or, or the so, gaming
1: tables either where they're shoulder to shoulder. That's
0: true. But apparently where Twin River makes most of their money, uh, but you're right about people shoulder to shoulder. You're sharing touching cards. You're touching Touching, touching, c- chips,
1: touching chips.
0: Chips. Oh, touching the table.
1: chips every night. Right. Exactly.
0: So, but without Twin River and the Rhode Island economy, again, what what's significant here is McConnell. McConnell is, Mitch McConnell is not saying, listen, states, we're going to, Rhode Island, we're going to help you and give you a federal bailout. What Mitch McConnell is saying, instead, we're going to allow you to declare bankruptcy.
1: Well, yeah, didn't isn't that one of the reasons that Cuomo went to New York? Because his, New York City needs so much money? Yes. So maybe these people are hoping that the same is going to happen here that they'll be able to bail us out. You mean,
0: because, you mean you mean Cuomo went to the White House yesterday?
1: To the White House, yeah, rather. Yeah, okay. Yes. And, you, you know, he said he got everything he, want, he wanted from, from the president. Right. He, he wanted money for the city. Right. Okay. So I think other governors are thinking, oh, well, if he can get it, maybe we can. You know? But... Oh, God, would
0: be awful. I I, I, mean, I don't see any so- other way out. I don't do you see I don't see any other way out. I mean, for, no, I for years, That's we have talked about these ridiculous deals that they give the state workers and the pensions and the colas and that it's unsustainable. But now they've they've been counting on and the unions have been counting on that that push comes to shove, that the feds, the government would bail them out. You have Senate Majority it's Leader Mitch not- McConnell saying declare bankruptcy. We're not bailing you out.
1: Exactly. That just shows you, uh, you know, I mean, what a state Rhode Island is in huh? and what a state we live in. It's all nepotism. And, and I mean, this is coming to the forefront now. I mean, yes. we're worse on the totem pole for everything. And I, and I can foresee them wanting to, to to declare bankruptcy. I can see it. I don't
0: know if they're going to have any option, Leah. I don't, as a matter of fact, I don't think they're going to have any option. And, you know, for years now. When I used to talk to you when I worked with Arlene Violet and then, uh, you know, different politicians. We always used to think, will there be somebody that would step up and have the backbone and the guts to finally right the ship on this whole thing? And we would watch, you know, the unions would go after Governor Kachiri. The unions would go after Mayor Laffey. The unions would go after anyone who was trying to get things under control. And, Leah, the past two years under Governor Armando... As you know, the unions have never been more powerful. The, the state exactly. workforce now, 16,500. They put in that ridiculous evergreen law, which means the contracts never end. Uh, you have... Prison guards making over 200,000 in overtime. Providence yep. firefighters making 200,000 in overtime. Leah, not even salary. 70,000 in salary, 200,000 pensions. overtime. And pensions, and pensions totally unsustainable. Well, and the the it looks like it's going to take this crisis is finally boom. There's no federal bailout. They have nowhere to go. And Leah, what's interesting about this, and this is just breaking, is by July 1st, the state has to hand in a balanced budget. This thing could come down very, very quickly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the party party's over, but the people in the unions are not going to. You know, the union heads are not going to suffer. That's for damn sure. You know, they're they're well padded as far as money goes.
0: But Leah, but in this, I, like, this sure. is not. Think of this, and I don't mean to cut you off, but when Yellow and they said. You know, the speakers would say it's a tough budget and we need to sharpen our pencils and blah, blah, blah. As much as they were saying that, you and I both know a little bit of that was a song and dance and smoke and mirrors. Oh, of course. But, Leah, in this particular situation, I I really believe this is Mother Hubbard. This is the cupboard is bare. It's not as if there's a pile of cash sitting there and they just don't want to delve into it. I, I think this truly is setting up where there is no money and the federal government is saying now, Mitch McConnell, if you are Rhode Island, you might as well declare bankruptcy. We're not bailing you out. Uh, I really, who
1: knows? I think they probably will declare bankruptcy. And then
0: what? They cite we'll California, Illinois, wall? Connecticut, Rhode Island, too, given too much to public employee unions. He said he's reluctant to give them any more debt for any rescue. You've dug this hole, and now we're not going to bail you out. So, so that is very significant. You're right that Cuomo did go to New York to meet with the president because they need assistance. But, Leah, it's one thing— that they want to rescue New York City. It's an entire different thing, it. you know. Ken Block's going to join me at one thirty. Uh, you know, like he's been battling in the city of Warwick, where they have literally been stealing overtime. Uh, those firefighters and the teachers with the ninety sick days. This, this yep. has been building, Leah, for quite some time, and it looks like this pandemic is bringing it to a head
1: exactly and that you know unfortunately what
0: a horrifying thing to bring it to a head but finally it is going to
1: come to a head definitely it sounds like i I really have
0: that feeling leah any other thoughts or anything else you saw that is interesting you want to share with everyone yeah
1: i thought it was real interesting about kim jong yes (laughs) kim
0: jong-un yes King,
1: uh, kim jong-un yeah uh so young uh these uh, little snippets that i've read here and there said that you know they uh they told him to stop smoking yep. and this that and the other thing so I, i'm wondering what his problem was did he need uh you know a stent uh was it a gallbladder problem right and in, in places like that i mean you can have some severe complications um even with, you know, a heart problem. Maybe he had a heart problem, yeah. but he certainly, I don't, you really don't know how old he is. They so said that, you know, the news is reporting he's only in his 30s, but uh, who knows? You know what I'm saying? But uh, I think that's quite interesting. I wonder what would happen. I mean, you'd have a refugee problem that would be beyond the beyond uh, if anything happened to him. And they they see they see, the last article I read they said that the doctors that were taking care of him in another province uh, left the villa uh, some of them left the villa that he was in so I'm wondering if he had COVID.
0: Wow, maybe that's true. I didn't even think you of know? that.
1: It's, wow, affects the lungs, you know, it affects the heart, <laughs> and especially if you're overweight and had a pre-existing problem. Who knows? He was a any time you ever saw him, he was a chain smoker.
0: Well, if he dies, the younger sister is going to take over. But Leah, I got to think that other countries or even the United States, I mean, you can't this would be the opening to finally remove these people from power in North yes, Korea. This yes. would be it. Free up North Korea. Remove that nuclear threat. Um, you know, why take any chances now? She's the rising star within the dynasty. But it certainly exactly. sounds that his, as you know, his health situation must be very serious if it's being yeah, reported because this way. They
1: moved him to, what makes me think about it is they moved him to another province. Yes, you know, they moved him maybe away from where, you know, you can't believe anything they say anyway that they don't have any cases or any of this crap. Yeah. You know, if they moved him to someplace, you know, another far away in a villa, and uh, now I, it sounds like he might have had... Covid, but of course he can't say that because he's supposed to be the supreme leader, um, right. a leader almost like a god. Yes. gods don't get covid. You
0: know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, but that's yeah. a good point. We don't know whether or not if he got it. Hey, Leah, it's good to hear your voice. We're going to leave it there. I will talk to you again soon. Thank okay, you, Leah. So. All right, folks, there's our friend Leah calling in again. Ken Block is going to uh, join us. Folks, again, uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon to everybody on Facebook Live. Governor Armando's press briefing is at 121. If you're just putting on the radio, a good afternoon to everybody on Facebook Live. It's John DePietro. So Governor Armando coming up at 2.30. Uh, in the meantime, you can remember, always email me, john at com. john at com. I'm just looking at some of the headlines, and that one really jumped out. McConnell states should declare bankruptcy and Rhode Island is listed as one of the states that could be in jeopardy now and why this is so significant is if you heard last hour Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe he did an interview where House Speaker Nick Mattiello and Senate President Ruggiero basically was saying the only option the state has is for the federal government to bail them out. McConnell says he favors allowing states to declare bankruptcy. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. And we're going to talk to Ken Block about this. And also, uh, you, you don't want to miss this. This What Nellie Gobia is doing right now is absolute. It, it is a national campaign by the Democrat Party to try to steal the election with these mail ballots. And of course, Nellie Gobia goes on with the babbling cackle who won't ask her any tough questions. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell city uh, favors allowing states struggling with high public employee pension costs. Among the burdens of the pandemic response, declare bankruptcy rather than give them a federal bailout. Folks, this is what we're talking about. You think of those, and as I said, the Providence firefighters, all those state workers. Um, how about the state troopers that retire at age 50? Then they all grab other jobs, and they're still getting their pensions of 100000 a year or more. It's a complete it, it, it is, it's is—it's a pig trough is what it is. Uh, McConnell, I would be in favor of allowing states to use the bankruptcy route. It saves some cities no good reason for it not to be available. Rhode Island, Illinois, Connecticut, way too much in public employee unions. Uh, we're not bailing them out on these pension benefits. So his statement set up a conflict with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who said a major package of aid for state and local governments is being considered for the next stimulus. McConnell also finds himself in conflict with President Trump. president said Tuesday, meeting with New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, states will need assistance. Now, there's one thing, though, but you think of, and Warwick's a good example of that, where those firefighters gouging the, actually, the FBI investigation on the overtime fraud. And now you have the National Government Association of State, State Municipalities Will need 500 billion in aid to deal with the crisis. So, but that Globe story that I will tweet out again. Dan McGowan, as you heard him, folks, and again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. Dan McGowan has the story where um, facing economic disaster, Rhode Island lawmakers facing tough decision. I'm going to tweet it out again and uh, it 's it's really in, incredible i 'll also um, actually share it on Facebook because it 's so good, but i, I just don 't see where the solutions are going to come in. Twin River cannot reopen right now because of the table games uh, Rhode Island now that forget about the car tax they will you know so many of you said you watched they 're going to start tolling cars. And that could be that. Back in January, the state was facing a $200 million shortfall. House Speaker Mattiello, Ruggiero, unlikely to approve new spending, new spending. Now, they're saying they're going to hesitate legalization taxing of marijuana. But let me, uh, Rhode Island's best hope, Congress will approve a massive stimulus package that will bail out the state and the cities and towns. Aside from that, they don't have any other plan except to cut existing departments, any new jobs proposed by the governor to be dropped. They don't want to raise taxes or fees. Um, but see, that that was their plan, was to have the feds bail them out. Now, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see, but I just don't see how. See, folks, this is a $10.2 billion budget. As you know, the state could be operating... With something, I will even be generous. I'm not gonna say half of it, but but pretty damn close. Okay? Definitely more around seven billion. The state doesn't need ten point two billion. Mattiello, we're in extraordinary times. There's an understatement. Um Ruggiero, I don't know. Question, show me the money and we'll see where it can go. <laughs> I like that now there's Mattiello said, I don't know about the marijuana thing, that because he he wants something. The Disaster Emergency Funding Boards, which includes Mattiello Ruggiero, authorized Raimundo's request to borrow $300 million to maintain t- cash flow during the crisis. But that's already gone. The state's twice-annual revenue estimating conference begins Friday. Final projections will be released in May. Right now, the state could be facing a deficit coming up to July of over $500 million, more than half a billion dollars, somewhere between half a billion And one billion dollar shortfall. And that's going to be very significant now with uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Well, folks, good afternoon. And again, Ken Block is going to be uh, joining us shortly. Uh, He was calling about and I want you to pay attention to this about the mail ballots. This is fraud. It should not be going on. Hey, I want to remind you, this is a perfect time. I'm looking at some sun outside. No, uh, the stay at home order continues until May 8th. But folks, that doesn't mean you can't clean out your house a little bit with Brothers Disposal. Good morning, brother. Call them today. 401 688 401 688 Brothers Disposal. It's very simple. They will deliver a dumpster right to your driveway or your business. So let's just say you have unwanted belongings. You have old furniture. You've been spending a lot of time inside your house. We all have. And you're suddenly realizing, you know, I don't need a lot of this old things, these unwanted belongings. Maybe some, I hate to say it, but a lot of people, you just, you acquire junk over the years. Whatever it may be. Old clothes that you haven't worn. Furniture that's broken or old. Old toys, rusted bikes, whatever it may be. Brother's disposal. They'll come, they'll put a dumpster right in your driveway. You then throw everything into it, and then they come and take it away. Call them today, 401-6880517. 401 Brothers Disposal. And by the way, it could be for one day, it could be for two days, it could be for a weekend, it could be for a week. Why not use, why not do real spring cleaning? Why not finally say, you know what? I have been home, and instead of just wasting time on Netflix or what have you, I'm going to clean up my house a little bit. I'm going to throw out some things we don't use or need that I've been meaning to get to. And I have all that old broken beach chairs in the garage or whatever it is, and it's so much easier to just have a dumpster to throw it out. Brothers Disposal, 401-688-0517, 401-688-0517. Look for them on Facebook. They have the Laker colors. They have yellow and purple. Look for them. Brothers Disposal, 401. I love it. Six eight eight zero five one seven. If not now, then when? And I received a nice email from one of our listeners named Kathy that said, John DePietro, you motivated me to finally clean out my home. And hearing that, she called them. They never even came into our house. They delivered the dumpster, boom, right there. Then her and her sister went, and they tossed everything. She said they had all kinds of things in the basement, the attic. They have all the space now. She retook her basement. Then she cleaned out the garage. Why not? If not now, then when? Brothers Resto- Disposal, six eight eight zero five one seven. Folks, joining us right now is our friend Ken Block. Good afternoon, Ken Block. Good. Good afternoon John how are you well Ken it's good to hear your voice um, we've been communicating back and forth and I have been following a lot of your tweets and I think it's it's um it makes me very nervous with what's going on right now with Secretary of State Nelly Gorbia
2: yeah you know John this is this is the situation that we're in right now uh, is one that was easy to predict. And if we had clean voter rolls, uh, I would feel a lot more comfortable with the idea of going to all mail ballots and especially blanket mailing everybody who's on the registered voter list uh, with mail ballot applications. The problem that I'm being bombarded with right now by people from all over the place in Rhode Island is they're receiving mail ballot applications for people who don't live at their address, for uh, people that they know moved away years or decades ago. Uh, And I have a couple of people who reached out to me with examples of uh, relatives who had died, who had lived at that address, uh, one of them more than a decade ago, uh, and yet they got a mail ballot application for that person. So... You know, you and I have talked about the voter rolls now for a couple of years, Yeah. Uh, and it's always the same conversation. That conversation is they're a mess. There are a lot of people on there that shouldn't be on there. In fact, we have more registered voters in Rhode Island than we have adults of voting age.
0: That's right, and that's very right? significant, Ken Block. And just so people understand what we're talking about, I believe, Ken, right around – if you had every possible voter in Rhode Island, 18-plus registered, living, the number would be it's around 780,000. And instead, there's 790,000 right around there on the voter roll. What makes it worse is, according to the census, the real number should be 540,000. So the state of Rhode Island is over 200. To over 200,000, 240,000, I believe right around the 50,000, 250,000 over what the number should be. And, Ken, what is amazing is in Secretary of State, Nellie Gorbia, her decision that she did without any fanfare or announcement is she just mailed out 791,000 mail ballot, ballot applications. Yeah,
2: it's uh, it's a, it's problematic. Uh I know that the Secretary of State's office is using this mailer as a way to clean up the voter rolls. Uh, uh, And what I'll tell all your listeners is what I was just told by the Secretary of State's office. And that is that if they received, if if any of you have received uh, a mail ballot application for somebody who is not a registered voter at your address, you're supposed to mark that envelope as uh, undeliverable, return to sender, and you're supposed to put it in your mailbox and send it back to the Secretary of State's office. How, how so, is that
0: cleaning up the voter rolls? For crying out loud, that, that well, is ridiculous. Right. I mean,
2: look, uh, that's exactly right. It's a, uh, it's a, a <laughs> it's a poor way to clean up the voter rolls, but it is a way to keep to clean up the voter rolls. And so, if you have those mail ballots uh, and they're not for people that, uh, are registered to vote at your address, go ahead and send them back. So, you know, at least we can all take our own small actions to try and clean this up. Um, but you know, it points out a much, much, much larger problem. Uh, you know, and and John, I'll I'll tell you because I, I, I tweeted this out. Um, we went and took a look at Uh, Every registered Rhode Island voter to see who we could determine was actively registered to vote, but uh, that we could determine was dead. And as of the 2018 general election, we determined that there were 2,000 registered voters on the voter rolls on Election Day in 2018 who had been dead for at least... Uh, 60 days. Oh, my goodness. Okay? Uh, and many of them were dead for many years. Wow. Uh, and and <laughs> I don't even know what word to use to describe this, John. But uh, the worst possible outcome was found in this circumstance. We actually found uh, a dead registered voter who voted in person in 2018 general election. Uh, And on further research, we were told that the person who cast the vote for that dead registered person was somebody who was not eligible to cast a vote in Rhode Island. Oh, my goodness. So now that's one and only one example of a dead registered voter actually voting that that we have at this point. Yep. So that's not proof of a vast conspiracy to uh commit voter fraud. However, what it does show is that the system is far from perfect. Right. And if something like this can happen once, it can absolutely happen again and if somebody wanted to take advantage of the system, uh it is a system that can be taken advantage of because in this circumstance Uh, And it's not a simple circumstance, but in this circumstance that I'm talking about, uh, the worst, multiple worst outcomes happened. Not only did a dead voter vote, but but a person who was not correctly or at at all actively registered to vote was allowed to vote. Right, two different bad scenarios, all wrapped up together in one vote.
0: And Ken Block, I I also want to stress though, and folks, good afternoon. It's Sean DePietro. We're speaking with Ken Block, and it's it's so important what we're talking about because neither one of us, and nor should you, have confidence in the state voter rolls, the system, and this is a national campaign. The Democrats are moving for these mail ballots, but Ken, on top of that. Both Secretary of State Gorbia's office and then that Erickson with the Board of Elections. They like to say there's been no evidence of any type of voter fraud or ballot harvesting. But Ken Block, if if I'm the police chief and I say last night there were no tickets given on Main Street, and then you say to me, okay, well, there were any police officers on Main Street? No. Was there anyone running a radar gun on Main Street? No. Well, that doesn't mean, excuse me, if I say there was no one speeding, a 95. No one was speeding on 95. If you don't have troopers out there with a radar gun looking for speeders, you're never going to find any speeders. Ken, as you and I both know, they they like to claim they have no evidence of ballot harvesting or yeah. voter fraud, but the real truth is they don't go looking for any type of voter fraud.
2: Well, John, I'm going to I'm going to take it a, a step beyond what you've just said. Uh, going back to the the analogy of the speeder. What if you pull someone going over, going 100, and you write them a warning? Hmm. Is that
0: Can you now say that there's
2: no such thing as speeding?
0: That's right. Good point.
2: And the reason that I say that is because in 2017, I provided the Board of Elections a list of uh, 250 Rhode Island voters who cast ballots from addresses that are not allowed by law. Wow. Office buildings, uh, UPS stores, things like that. And the board of elections went out and, 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 uh, and the Boards of Canvassers went out and sent letters to everybody and they uh, got some people to re-register and to do some things, right? But there were some, there were some people who lived in some really big houses in South County who own some really big office buildings in Providence, huh. who were not voting from their their big homes in South County. Oh, wow. They were casting their ballots from Providence. Sure. And of course, they were doing that because it's in their financial best interest right. to do that. Yes. Right? But that is 100% illegal. That's right. And, and when I asked the Board of Elections to follow up and do something, I was told, now this is this is eight months after I submitted the list to them, what they told me was, well, you know, the statute of limitations has expired. There's nothing we can do.
0: See, that and that is now, preposterous.
2: So, so for the Board of Elections to state flatly, there's no such thing when they stared at it. Yep. And they took no action. They don't have that luxury of being able to make that statement anymore. You're right. Because... These things absolutely happen, and by the way, the people—a lot of the people who cast those ballots from impermissible addresses—changed their address, mm. right? So that—that's a tacit admission that yep. what they were doing was wrong. Sure, right? Others canceled their uh, voter registrations outright, mm. right? Upon being contacted about their voter registration, they canceled them. So you know, there's lots of evidence that there was wrongdoing. Uh, votes were cast from these places, which is the commission of of a uh, crime. Wow. And yet the board of elections comes out and says there's no such thing. Well, they had such a thing directly in front of them. They chose to do nothing about it. That does not allow them to continue to claim that there's no such thing.
0: Right. You know, that is, and Ken, not only that, here's what other, I want people to understand. And again, folks, Good afternoon, it's 1.40. It's Sean DePietro speaking with citizen's advocate, I'd call him, watchdog Ken Block. Uh, Ken, not only that, there was a recent report that showed in other states, they do look for voter fraud. They do look for ballot harvesting. They do charge people. In other states, they take it very serious. If you looked at like Alabama, they take it very, very serious the way to go after. When they came out, it was state by state. Rhode Island was not even listed. If you saw that report as one of the states that was listing, any type of infractions regarding voting?
2: Yeah. Uh, look, if we're going to move to all mail-a-ballot uh, voting... We can.
0: Which, we can. Which,
2: well, I, I, look, John, I think I, uh, they're certainly going to, at oh, least for this election coming up, right? So there should be some common-sense reforms that we make to our mail ballots. uh whole process in the legal infrastructure and ballot harvesting should be made illegal in this state. There yes. are other states who've outlawed ballot harvesting. Yep. And we should too.
0: And what right? people I want people uh, to understand, Ken and I have gone through this ballot harvesting, what it is 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 basically and Ken you can fill it in, but the campaign hires someone, folks, you go door to door, they identify Potential voters, and then they act as the conduit where they'll go, they'll get your ballot for you at the town or city hall, they'll bring it to you, you fill it out, and then they bring it. And by the way, they also can get paid per ballot. Um, we saw that happen in Newport, where that was someone's summer job, where they went out and got like 130 ballots and they were paid $2,000. And can you really heard about it in 2018, where according to the funk campaign, Governor Armando had 60,000 mail ballots where they pay people to go out. You go door to door. They really beat down the, the beat the bushes. They find people. They register them to vote. They bring them the ballot, and then you are compensated by the campaign based on how many ballots. And also, uh, they are also the one in Newport when you and I first talked about that. They were also a notary, so they could also be a notary and uh, and notarize the ballot as well. And Ken, that, is that a pretty good explanation of ballot harvesting?
2: You know that that is and. Here's uh, here's why. So the ballot harvesting is one piece of it. Uh, in terms of uh, putting a mail ballot in someone's hand, the the thing that I have a particular problem with is when you go to vote. And I'm, I'm hoping that most of the people that are hearing us right now have uh, gone in person to vote at some point. Right. When you go to vote in Rhode Island and you walk into your polling place, there are, is a chalk outline. I think it's 100 feet from the main door of the polling place. Yes. And no candidate and no campaign worker yep. can stand within 100 feet of the door of the polling place. With The, the, the purpose of that line is to prevent campaigns and candidates from uh, unnecessarily and unfairly getting in the face of voters as they... Go in to, to cast their ballots. You what? know they don't want voters to feel intimidated or in any way uh, swayed by the in-person presence of the candidate or the campaign. Yep. With mail ballots, the candidate can literally stand over the shoulder of the person who's voting by mail. And they do, yes. And and they do. And I don't understand why we disallow one form of it and allow it the other way. In fact, I would argue that. Keeping candidates out of the faces of voters who are walking in to cast their ballots? Is a far lesser transgression yes. than a candidate standing over the shoulder of someone who's filling out a mail ballot.
0: And during the that's, uh, that's the worst of the two. In the Mattiello campaign in 2016, there was a man in Cranston that said that that Eddie Cetunio, he stood there and watched him fill out the ballot. And the guy was very uncomfortable about it. He felt he didn't have any privacy. Hey Ken, I also want to remind people. And again, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro with speaking with Ken Block. As we speak, Ken Block, the Providence Journal. The courts are not open, but the Providence Journal still has this pending case against Secretary of State Nellie Gorbia to release the birth dates attached to the voter roll. Ken, they filed that shortly after, think about that, shortly after the November 2018 election. And we went all through 19 and now 20 things have hit a, a logjam because of um, what's going on with the virus. But Ken, that still re- remains an unresolved issue.
2: Uh, you know, it is very much so, and it's a, it's an issue that impacts groups like Watchdog Rhode Island in our analysis of Rhode Island's voting data, because the state – actually, I can't say the state, because Nellie Gorbea, acting in her role as the Secretary of State, took it upon herself with no process and yep. no transparency yes. to decide to hide the full dates of birth. That's right. And – you know, she's utterly wrong for not following the process. Right. And uh, I believe, and I can make a strong argument that she's incredibly wrong to hide this data. Uh, first of all, as a blanket statement, because you're not protecting anybody's identity by withholding that data. Right. Everybody's date of birth is already essentially in the public record. Yep. So uh, it's not something that you can that you can you can protect anymore. It's out. But beyond that, with Rhode Island's voter rolls in as terrible shape as they are, by hiding that date of birth, the Secretary of State has made the analysis of those voting records much more difficult for your average citizen to take a look at. That's right. And I think that's completely, horrifically wrong.
0: Yep, and by design. And Ken, what is she saying about this? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think the Secretary of State... The first time I saw it, maybe you would put it, but Kathy Gregg started to question who's paying for all the mailings for this, who approved this. This again, mailing out all these and they tried to say, oh, they're just applications for mail ballots. But they didn't make a big deal about this. To me, they were trying to do it once again in the silence of the night and this time with the backdrop of the pandemic.
2: So I just did some quick math. Uh, I got my mail ballot application. The postage on it alone was 38 cents. Oh, my God. So if I multiply 38 cents times 790,000 mail ballots, that's $300,000 just in postage costs.
0: Never mind the printing costs of it.
2: Printing costs, right, the the envelopes, all all that on top of it. Wow. So, and, you know, and this is for a presidential primary, right? Where we know that the turnout's going to be actually incredibly low. Right. Because... The, the, it's already determined who the presidential candidates are
0: going to be. Ken Block, what can people no. do about this? Because people are nervous about it. They should be nervous about it. Yeah. Uh, this well, is so really listen. unfortunate. You can't even, I don't know what people can do at this point. Gordia is just acting on her own. And I give, I'll give i give her this. She has her talking points. She's trying to make her case to the media. And if you don't follow it the way we have, it almost sounds like, oh, okay, I guess that makes sense. And 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 some of the members, I haven't heard or seen all the media interviews, but she's... She has these talking points down about we're going to make it easier and it's just an application it's not a ballot and blah 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 but this is um this is detrimental this, this completely i i this, i have no confidence that we're going to carry off a, a fair election
2: uh you know again for the primary uh, i don't it doesn't matter uh my focus is making sure that whatever we do in november right has a higher degree of integrity than what we have right now right right yes that's That is the the crucial thing, is figuring out where this process is weak, where the data is weak, and firming it up as best as possible so that we can all go into November knowing that it's already a less than ideal situation, Mm. right? And the virus and its impact on on everything we do is already way less than ideal, right? right? But, you know, so we we have to try and clean it up. So here's what I would ask your listeners to do. If you're holding a mail ballot application in your hand for somebody that does not live in your home uh, or somebody who is deceased, what I ask ask you to do is take a picture of that envelope with the address in it and send it to me at info, I-N-F-O, at watchdogri.org.
0: Okay. We're going to have to promote that so people will find it probably get a facebook page going of it definitely want to share that i'll even do a posting this is going to have to educate people to do it because ken you're right um and explain the the end game on this we need to draw awareness that these are going out to people that are not even alive
2: uh right so uh and uh uh, along with that picture if you can somehow indicate to me what's wrong with that registration? Did the person move away? How long ago did they move away? Is the person deceased? How long ago did they die? Mm. Right, that's all critical information to know. And uh, at the same time, as a public service, even though it's a lousy way to do this, um, I also ask everybody who's holding a mail ballot envelope that is addressed to somebody who doesn't live at that address or no longer lives at that address or is dead, You've got to write undeliverable return to sender, and you've got to send that back to the Secretary of State's office, because right now, that's the only way these rolls are going to get cleaned up.
0: Oh, my goodness. And that's no kind of rule at all. Hey, Ken, before I let you go, I don't know if you caught um, Dan McGowan's piece in the Boston Globe this morning. But he interviewed Speaker Mattiello and Senate President Ruggiero. And they basically said the only plan the state has, because, you know, going into March, the state still had a $200 million deficit. The uh, year end, uh, you know, this budget cycle ends July 1st or end of June for the state. And there's, they were saying the only plan they had was for the federal government to bail out. The state because the deficit is so low. And I just saw today Bloomberg has a story that just came out in the last hour. Mitch McConnell said he's a favoring allowing states, he's encouraging them to declare bankruptcy. And he mentions Rhode Island, he mentions Illinois and Connecticut, saying states that have given too much to public employee unions, they don't want to give them federal money for a bailout. Instead they're they're encouraging them to declare bankruptcy.
2: So I uh my understanding is that states do not have the ability to declare bankruptcy. Right. I, I thought that was not, not not possible. Correct. Under under our law, however municipalities can. Right. So when I look at Providence, when I look at Johnston, when I look at Warwick, and you see how unsustainable uh, they have made their finances yep. through overpromising and underfunding their pension and uh, retiree health care benefits. That's, that's right. Um, there is, I don't see any other way out of it. You know, and, you know, looking at Warwick.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs>
2: but Warwick hasn't taken the first step
0: Nope.
2: to rein in their costs in any way. They're still paying 3% compounding colas. Oh,
0: my God. Are and, you kidding and, and me? And I didn't think anyone was still paying that.
2: They still are. This... And their unfunded pension liability oh. must be... Over
0: half a billion dollars now. Oh my! And now the feds are saying McConnell and and Ken they're saying we're not bailing you out on this one. You're going to be on your own. And they always thought that the feds would step in. I remember years ago, Democrat Party Chairman Bill Lynch used to say, "Do you really think the government's going to let the state go bankrupt? They'll jump in and bail it out." So that's why they don't care about running up all these costs. Ken, this could be a situation. I mean, Twin River is shut. The state economy, even Governor Armando said it's keeping her up at night. Can you imagine now, Ken, cities like Warwick have no place to hide and no federal or state money coming in? Well, sure. Look,
2: uh, the state's losing a million dollars in cash a day uh, from Twin River being closed alone. Right. Right? And so now I think that Twin River's been closed for, what, six weeks? Yes. Four weeks? I don't know what the number is. So even if it's just a month... You know that's that's thirty million dollars. Wow! Where you know we're worse off than we were be, uh, before everything had to close. Right. Uh, you know tax revenues are going to be down. Look, that's my biggest concern. There are going to be homeowners and property owners and business owners in communities throughout Rhode Island who are going to have a very difficult time paying their property taxes. Right. Uh, which are coming up at the you know at the end of this quarter. Yep. And you know, or do we have communities stepping huh. up and saying, if you can't make your property tax payments, don't worry. We're not going to foreclose on you. Oh, my goodness. Right. We're not going to try and take your property out from underneath you mm. because we understand that your situation was not one that you could have predicted or done anything about. Right. Right. So we need communities to step up. We need them to protect their uh, property owners. And they have to start reducing what they spend. I mean, I'm still shocked that with the sacrifices being made throughout the private sector, that there's been – I'm not aware of any
0: nope, none.
2: Uh, layoffs that have happened in government of any kind any in Rhode time. Island.
0: Ridiculous.
2: And, you know, <laughs> where do we catch a break? Yes. Right? Yeah. You know, uh, we don't have the money to do – a lot of these things, especially at the municipal level. right? And they're not going to have the tax revenues coming in to pay the bills that they're going to have to pay. What do we do? You know, uh, <laughs> an individual in a business, when faced with the situation, has to cut.
0: Well, and Ken, we not only that... Any cuts. Can you and I know? And again, folks, we're sweet with Ken Block, uh, the State House, Matty Yellow. That spending, it goes, you know, that JCLS, forty-six to fifty million, no accountability. All these attorneys, they get the part-time job. It's they would say, oh, it's only twenty-five thousand a year, but it gives them free health care. None of those attorneys, and Rhode Island State House, is the biggest law firm basically in the state. Not one of those attorneys has been laid off. Capital TV is not existing. Um, it, it's 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 ludicrous right now, Ken. When when does it come around? I I think it's going to come around at the end of June, going into the new you know fiscal year of July. Because also, Ken Block, all the problems you're hearing at Department of Labor and Training with the website and the call center, Ken, you and I both know. If you had all those state workers laid off and they were trying to find out their benefits, things would be operating much more efficiently.
2: Yes, yeah. you know it's I. Being in government at this particular point in time uh, is probably, what, you know, arguably one of the most difficult challenges elected officials have faced in Rhode Island, certainly ever since the, since the RISDIC crisis. Yes, right? uh, good point. And, and I think this is probably far worse. It is. Right? No, it is. So, you know, we need leadership. I, I have to say, Governor Raimondo, you know. Has done, in my opinion, as good a job as she can with the hand that she's been dealt. Agreed.
0: I agree right? with you. I, I think I agree. she's in
2: a very, very difficult situation. Yep. Yeah. Uh, one that no candidate for governor can ever imagine have being thrust into. No. Right. No. And, and you know, and, and, and I, I can't, I can't whack her for what she's done. I agree.
0: Because, no, I'm you with know, you. I
2: put myself in her shoes, and, and your hands are largely tied. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, I think that's good. Our cities and towns perspective, especially for the cities and towns that are in trouble, the lack of leadership is, is, is frightening.
0: It is. And, and you know what, Ken? We're going to end on this note. Um, I think, you know, you're one of those people for years. We have talked about what would it take. For things to finally really hit rock bottom where they would finally run out of excuses and some of the foolishness we've heard over the years. You know, Bob Wall selling saying sell Roger Williams Park and all this other stuff. I think this finally is a situation. There's nowhere to hide. The cupboard is beyond bare. Governor Mundo is term limited out. Um, She has the bully pulpit right now. I, I think. I mean, it's going to take courage. Cause that courage does not exist with Mattiello and Ruggiero, but the numbers are the numbers. And she is a math person. Um, what the state is going to look like, not just this July, but this September going into the fall, I, I, I think it's I, – I just see no other way out. And, and the Fed's basically saying to Warwick, we're not bailing you out with your ridiculous pension benefits, Ken Block. I, I think that's going to – Really, the chickens are coming home to roost. I want to give you the final word.
2: Well, you know, so if the feds are ever in a situation where they're forced to do some form of a bailout, that bailout should come with monumental strings for the cities and towns. Right. And you just can't take billions of dollars of federal taxpayer money and pump them into a, a unsustainable pension situation. That's right. So you use that. You use that money. To force everybody involved to give up things, to change things, uh, and to fix it once and for all, right? That's the only way, reasonable way out, if we're forced to put federal dollars to to that purpose.
0: Folks, he is Ken Block, and Ken, great job. I'll uh, repeat the information. We'll send people to the website regarding the uh, mail ballots, but we'll talk to you again. It's good to hear your voice. Please. All right, folks, Ken Block right here. Folks, again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. This portion of the program, Governor Mundo Press Briefing coming up at 2.30 this afternoon, is brought by Lawn Doctor. Hey, listen, the sun, oh, is that the sun out? Why not call Lawn Doctor this season? Have your best lawn ever guaranteed, 401-392-1025, or go online, LawnDoctor.com. Lawn Doctor Rhode Island, your lawn care company, your best lawn ever guaranteed. Call them today, 401 401- 392 1025 or go online. They have a great website, LawnDoctor.com. Folks, it's John DePetro. Listen, enjoy this Wednesday. Governor press briefing coming up at 2.30. I'm back tomorrow at 11. Go to the website, dePetro.com, D E P E T R O.com. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter. It's John DePietro show. If you missed any portion of the show, go to the website, and under radio show, you can listen to it that way. So stay tuned. The 2 o'clock news is next, followed by the John Dion program. Uh, tonight, I will be doing Facebook Live, the Wednesday night report that's coming up a little bit later tonight. You don't want to miss it. Uh, in the meantime, leave it right here. Thank you for tuning in. Stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news right here on AM 30 and 99.9 FM. It's WNRI. Remember, you can always listen at DePetro.com.